1: I believe one of the greatest revelations in the scriptures is to know the nature of God inside. And how many know he's a lamb? But how many know he's a lion? And every one of us, male and female, has a lion, lioness inside, and a lamb inside. And when I'm with my wife, I'm more the lamb. Okay, but when I fight against the devil, I'm more the lion. And if you don't realize the two that is going on inside, you can miss it all. How many love the promises of God? The Bible says he has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by them you and I are partakers, sharers of his divine nature. The scripture reading today is going to be from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 1. And I'm going to just give you the background. It says, I will live in them. How many know God's in us now? Come on. And I will walk amongst them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. This is a promise. And it said, therefore, come out from amongst unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. And don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. How many know there's sonship reality will break all of slave mentality off your life? The children of Israel came out of the promised land they came into the promised land and the Bible says uh, when they came out of Egypt they crossed over the Jordan and they went in and guess what they could have made the journey in 20 some days it took them 40 years because they were free men but they still had the mindsets of a slave they still thought acted and believed like a slave and that's all of us outside of Christ come on the Bible says, to whom you yield your members, that's what you become. 2 Corinthians 7, one. Because we have these promises, dear friends, and I just read them. Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. We've been sharing week after week, Kathy and I. The purpose of man is to fear God and do what he says. Come on. He says, please open your hearts to us. We have not done wrong to anyone, nor led anyone astray nor taken advantage of anyone. I'm not saying this to condemn you, I said before, that you are in our hearts and we live or die together with you. I have the highest confidence in you and I take great pride in you. You have greatly encouraged me and made me happy despite all of our troubles. And when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflicts from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside, but God who encourages those who are discouraged. Everybody say, God encourages those who are discouraged. And it said, he encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you when he told us how much you longed to see me and how sorry you are for what happened and how loyal you are to me, and I was filled with joy. I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful to you for a little while. How many know the truth hurts? Now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you, the New Testament church, to repent and to change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants His people to have so you were not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience, it leads us away from sin and results in salvation, deliverance, freedom, and wholeness. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, worldly sorrow means you got caught, it wasn't from your heart, come on, which lacks repentance, it results in spiritual death. Just see what the godly sorrow produced in you, such earnestness, such concern to clear yourselves, such indignation, such alarm, such longing to see me, such zeal, and such a readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you have done everything necessary to make things right. And everybody said? How many know the Bible says when we've done wrong to one another, How many know we need to repent to one another? Friday night, I had a word that God put on my heart for the whole, there's 90 people that went through the encounter, most of them are new people. They're all down there right now, an incredible group. And and God put on my heart, it's time right now that we need to confess our faults one to another and then pray that they be healed. And Kathy and I left around, I don't know, quarter to 11. It went on way past that. And amazingly the men were there even later than all the women amen and God just opened up hearts all weekend and it's been amazing so I believe this here that that the Bible says by mercy the goodness of God and by truth the iniquities are purged from our hearts amen so tell your neighbor godliness with great sorrow brings fruit in your life high-five them Smile at them, tell them how happy you are to see them, and let's have a great morning today. And so I want you to go in your Bible saying if they can put up the book of Malachi, everybody say Malachi. And how many like Malachi? That's the Italian, that's the Italian version, okay? If you didn't get that there, Malachi. And it's actually the last book that we have in the Bible from the, uh, the Old Covenant, if you want to term it as such. He brings some things out in here that I believe is very helpful for each of us that is here. And let's receive this morning's tithes. Amen? Glory to God. Amen? Yeah, and if you'd like to sow into the ministries of WCF, you'd be greatly appreciative, and then I'll read the verses in just a few moments. Now, I want to just read this here. The Bible says, all Scripture, in the New Testament he says this, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And how many know all Scripture is profitable for correction, it's profitable for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished to every good work? And that's what the Scripture said. All Now, understand that when the writer put that in there, how many know the Bible wasn't completed even at that time? And if you look at in the Gospels and you look at in the Epistles, how many references they even pull out and quote from the Old Testament for you and I today? Amen? Amen. How many want many happy days? How many know that's a quote from the book of Psalms that Peter brings out in First Peter chapter 3? If you want to live a long life and have many happy days, then watch what comes out of your mouth. And how many know it worked for the Jews back in Psalms? Come on. And he quoted from Psalms and put it right in his epistle. Go ahead and receive So Malachi brings us something out here, okay? And look at in verse number six, if they can put it up on the screen. I'll read it right out of the New Living. It says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. What does that mean to you? How many know God's unchangeable? I'll say it again. I am the Lord, and I change not, right or wrong. And he said, that is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed ever since the days of your ancestors You've scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone astray? How many of know the heart sometimes gets off track? And how many think they're still on the right path, but they're on another path? And so he's saying over there, there's a dialogue going, and God's saying, you guys have gone astray. And they're saying, no, we haven't. We're doing fine. We're with God, Right. And he said, should people, then he says in 8, it said, but you ask, how can we return when we have never gone astray? Should people cheat God? And he says, yet you've cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean when, when did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me, and you're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. See, we don't like to hear some verses in the Bible, and, you know, the gospel's not a Harvey Milk toast thing. Okay, it's not an itching ear message that we're here to to preach that Jesus said would come in the last days, okay? Now, I want to just share what he says now. He said, over here, you've cheated me into your tithes and offerings due to me, and you're you're under a curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. And people say, well, I I don't believe any of that stuff. I don't, that's all Old Testament, and it's all done away with. Then just, I want to just ask you a question, then why is the curse activated in your life? Go to the next verse. It says, bring all, come on, everybody say, bring all the ties. Where at? Into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my what, temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you, come on, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And he says, try me. He says, put me to the test if I don't keep that. You know, for 41 years, 41 years, I've proven God's word true. 41 years, this church for 35 years has proven God's word's true. Amen? And God he has been faithful. And it's not just in tithes, but it was an offering. Now, here's something you need to understand. The Bible tells you where to bring your tithe. It says into your storehouse. Your storehouse, where the temple is, it just said that is the place you're fed, it's the place where you're ministered, the word of God, it's the place that you're connected to. Amen. Are you all there? Yeah. I believe that there's many teachings and I've, I've heard them over the years and said, so, why well, you can give your tied to this one or you can give to that one or you can give a piece here and a piece there and another piece It says to bring it into the temple. It says bring it into the storehouse. so People can do what they want to do But the reality is, I I want to do what God said. So my tithe comes here. This is my house. Can you all say amen? And I support the house just like everybody else in here. Now, I give offerings. I support Copeland's ministry. I support JAM. I support our Feed the Hungry program. I support WLC. I put that. That all comes in as an offering. Amen? And if you haven't recognized this, there's a difference between a tithe and there's a difference between an offering and there's a difference between almsgiving, helping the poor. Now, one thing that bothers me is when people take scriptures and they twist them and turn them. And they say in 2 Corinthians uh, 9, it says, give as you feel, give as you want, okay, as the resources. And in the context of that, it was for the poor church that was suffering persecution in Macedonia, The context, and if you don't read chapter 8, you can never preach chapter 9. And so it bothers me when people take a scripture out and then they make whole doctrines on it, not understanding who it was speaking to, to the church that had wealth. He was saying to the church that was poor, help us. And they took an offering up and sent it by Epaphroditus, and guess what? The needs of that church was met, and that was good. And here's another thing that people need to understand is don't let when you give... Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is giving. How many have read that before? Come on. It's in the Bible in Matthew chapter 6, but the context of it is not ties. The context of it, listen very carefully, was almsgiving because you would never want to embarrass the poor family. You would never want to shame anyone. So God said, don't let your left hand know what the right hand does. And I found many Christians are lacking information, lacking knowledge in these here areas. So I believe that there's a divine order of headship that God has set up. Okay, I'm the head of my family. I'm not a tyrant. I'm not a dictator in my house, but I'm the head. That's the way, the order that God had set it. If Kathy tries to be my head, there's a problem in that. Okay, and, and she's not inferior to me. She's not, uh, uh, how would you say, um... She's not second class. She's not any of that. But she understands the order that God has put up. Amen. And how I many know she goes against that order, she's going to have problems with God? In the same respect, there's an order for giving also. And when we follow that order, I've learned for 41 years, things will go in the right direction. I don't want God to say, well, why did I tell you this and then you did what you felt like? Good preaching. So I just want to teach on that, but, but there's, one, there's one other thing you need to see in here that will really blow you away, okay? Uh, put, put the verses back up that I just read to you in verse number 10. So he said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do this, says the Lord of heavens, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it. Try me and approve me in this. Put me in the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease, and your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven. You know, when churches come in over here from all over Canada, they, they say this, this is one of the most blessed churches we've ever seen. And they say, what have you done, Pastor Rick? What have you done? What, how did you get to this here place? How did you start with a handful of people and you got like this here? How did this? All? And then I just share them the laws of sowing and reaping. Just share with them what I'm teaching you. And he says this here. It says, you now listen what he said, the dialogue. Remember, it so where did we cheat you, God? Where do we go? There? And so he says you have said, come on, what? Terrible things about me, says the Lord. What did they say? But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? So this is the dialogue going on between the people and God. And so look at verse number 14. He goes and answers this. He said, you have said, what's the use of serving God? Now, the context is in tithes and offering. And he said, you're serving me, and they're saying, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his kind? Another, what have we gotten, God, by giving tithes and offering? What have we gotten out of you, God? And this is what he's saying. Now, look at this, and you can't, Take this out of its context and settings. And he said, I'm the Lord that changes not. He said, what have we gained by obeying his commands by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? And then look at 15. From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. So what he's saying is, one group of people saying, God, you're unjust, God, you're not fair, and God, it ain't doing anything. But then look at the next verse, which blows me away. I just love this. And then, look at it in 16, it says, then means immediately after the negativity came out. Then those who feared the Lord Spoke often with each other And the Lord listened to what they said And in his presence A scroll of remembrance was written To record the names of those who feared him And always thought about the honor of his name And they will be my people Says the Lord of all Quote it in chapter 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, the last verse And it says On the day when I act in judgment they will be my own special treasure and I will spear them as a father spears an obedient child and then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked and between those who serve God and those who do not wow, wow, wow the King James speaks about them being the jewels that will be in the breastplate of the most high God and they were faithful in their stewardship and everybody said
2: Amen. Well, we've been teaching a series on creating your story. And uh, we've been encouraging you to journal uh, many things in in a book because uh, we're basing this out of the scriptures in Psalm 139. And it says, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. God formed us in our mother's wombs. He planned us to be who we are, but he also wrote a book about us. He has a purpose for our life. We are here for a reason, and we are are to impact the people in our our lives and god has a perfect plan for us he's given us gifts that line up with that he's given us the talents he's given us the personality he's given us everything that we need to be who we are not somebody else but who we are but we need to know who we are and we need to know what we're called to do and that's that doesn't always happen overnight we may not know right away but there's a process he takes us on and so we've been uh sharing how you need to write all your characteristics and good, your qualities and um, all the things good about you that people say about you, all the things that you can do, the gifts and the talents and then you need to divide that into four areas. One is your your character areas, one is your roles that you play in life, one is things you'd like to do and that you're pretty good at and then the last one is the things that you're really good at, that you excel more than most people and you do, you know you're very gifted and talented in a, in a specific area and you need to do that. You also need to write down all of the things that you um, have happened in your life, pivotal moments and times that were those aha moments or life learned lessons that totally changed your life maybe events good or bad that transpired in your life that kind of shaped you or or changed you in some way and um and so you know the whole purpose of of the journal is is to write out things about yourself write out your weaknesses things that you struggle with things that you still need to overcome um and and just you know, make a list of things, and then you need to plan daily uh, things in your daily plan that will help you get victory in the areas that you have uh, may need help in or may need to grow in or learn, especially if you have a goal to do a certain, you know, job or career. And we also talked about how we all have a two-fold calling, every one of us. There's something God's called us to do for his kingdom. And there's also a calling that we fulfill a place in society, a job in society that needs to be fulfilled, that serves our our society and um, that serves our community. So, for example, you know, how many know there's, we need all of the jobs that are out there are needed. That's why they're a job. They're, they're solving a problem. They're meeting a need, and so everybody there has to be people to do those jobs. And so whatever job you're doing, you're fulfilling a need in society. So it doesn't matter what that job is, whether you're a doctor, whether you're you know a hairdresser, whether you drive a bus, you know work at a plant. It does not matter what you do as long as you're doing something that you're gifted to do, and that you're providing a service, and and it's something that you want to do, and so the best job is to do something that you were made to do how many know that and now getting back to the kingdom of god we are called to win the world to christ we are called to be a light in the darkness the salt of the earth and so we all have people in our lives we can't all win everybody in the world but we can all win the people in our world the people that we know, the people that we're connected to, and that we have relationship with. And so those are the people that we're called to. Now, sometimes God will randomly, you know, tell us to go share with somebody that we don't know. <coughs> that can happen, and we need to be willing to do that. But um, there, there's definitely uh, people, though. We all know people, okay. and we all have relationships, and those, thi- those things are important to us. Now, as we go through our journal... We need to write down things that God shows us, and he will help make a clearer picture of what you're to do in your life. Now, just because you start and see a picture, you may not see it right away, and maybe you will. Everybody's different. We also have different seasons in our life. I want to make note of this, too. You know, if you just got married and you're having children, how many know that's a season in your life? And then, But when your children get older, then, you know, things change. And so there's different seasons in our lives that we may go through as well, but that will ultimately get us to the purpose God has for us. But Habakkuk 2 verse 2, it says, and the Lord said to me, write write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to other. It's really important that you write down your vision, write down your dreams. We've talked about writing down the things that make you sad, the things that make you happy, the things that you dream about. You need need it written down. And as you go through Mm -hmm. that process of finding out your gifts and your talents and finding out what you love to do and finding out what you dream about and the things you'd love to change in this world, it, it will help form and, and an image <coughs> will start to come out that will help you see and understand uh, a better direction that you can start taking your life in. And, but you, you can't do it alone. We are all part of a bigger picture. And whatever you're called to do, no matter what it is, it's going to be part of something bigger than yourself. Not everybody is called to be a leader. Not everybody's going to be a visionary, but everybody's called. And so you may not have a vision or be the leader yourself, but you're called to hook up with someone else's vision and help them make it happen. And you're an important part of that, of something happening, just like this church. Not all of you are called to be the senior pastors of this church, right? Uh, But you're called to be here, and you're called to be a part of it, and you're Mm -hmm. called to make it happen so that this church can be an influence in our community and can be an influence around the world and across Canada. And so it's important because what you do is important. If it was just us here doing everything, we'd probably be dead. (laughs) And we wouldn't be able to do it um, because we can't do what we do without you. And um, and so you know we have ushers and children's workers and you know hospitality and musicians (coughs) and all different people that work in the sound and in the multimedia and you know work on the cameras and do everything to make this happen. And Mm -hmm. and so every part is important. And whatever influence this church has on (coughs) this world, because you were a part of it, it goes to your credit with God it goes to your credit That's right and so There's rewards it, there out. is rewards so we have to recognize that all of us have different gifts and we shouldn't be coveting someone else's gifts we should be celebrating their gifts and be appreciative of the gift we have if you have a gift to teach but you can't sing I don't spend my life wishing I could sing I acknowledge you know what I can't mm-hmm. sing but I thank God for those that can and I appreciate their gifts But my gift is to teach. And so I want to do that well. And so do your job the best that you can do. Develop your gift and make it better. And uh, But then that brings us to what we really want to talk about today, and that's connecting and networking with other people that will help you become your best and do your best. You know, when I uh, had the vision for the woman's home, and and it wasn't just my vision. The church was always kind of wanting to do something like that, but, you know, God put it on my heart. And so at first, it's just a vision. I, had, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know what to do. Um, um, I, in yeah. fact, there were times I didn't want to do it because I felt disqualified and inadequate and all of that. And in myself, I was. But, you know, when I began sharing the vision, people got excited about it and they jumped on board and different people started helping me and, and filling in pieces. And, and, but, in, but how I, I got to the place where I built my confidence is I began to study and learn how to raise up a woman's home. And I did that by going to many women's homes and meeting with the people that were running them and picked their brains. Mm -hmm. I, I took some courses and I began to get information You know, and in that process, you know, I discovered uh, down in Florida, I went to a church in Florida that had a woman's home on their property, and I went to visit them, and I met with the the executive director of the home and the fundraiser, the head of the fundraising there, and anyway, while I was there, I got ideas for fundraising, and and I found out about the Genesis program. That's where we found, discovered the Genesis course, was through that trip that I made, and then I... Found out about the Genesis course, so I went out to Seattle and with a few people, and we took the Genesis course. And, you know, we learned about the Genesis course, and, and I was beginning to learn on how to help people overcome addiction. And then Brenda Harris and I drove down to Mercy Ministries in Nashville, and we took the course there on how to run a woman's home. And, uh, you know, I, I did many, many things before we started to learn so, well, some of it we had started, but to, to learn, you know, how do we do this? I went to Teen Challenge, drove out there to north of Toronto and met with the executive director there and picked his brain. So what was I doing when I did all that? I was connecting.
1: That's right.
2: And I was learning and I was educating myself and, and became trying to, to gain information that would help me become successful. And then I, I remember calling a meeting we held in the youth center uh, quite a few years before we opened and and I kind of made an announcement here at the church, you know, we're opening up a woman's home. Anybody interested in helping, come on out. And we had like over 100 people show up. and But then we had to screen and we had to, <coughs> you know, we had I had this big, thick application people had to fill out where they probably had to tell every detail about their life. But then we divided those up into people that would be good for helping with <coughs> fundraising and people that would be good to be working in the home, and maybe some people that wouldn't be good for either, but, um, you know, because they had a different gift, or, or maybe they didn't have the right motive, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It just matters that you have to, you have to connect with people. You have to find out who will help you, who will be there, who who is God calling to be a part of this, because if he's put it together, he's going to call people, to help you, and he's going to show you who, who those people are. I remember because I went to Teen Challenge North of Toronto. I got an email from from the um, executive director there, and he and he sent me this email, and he said, um, "I just want to mention this. It's up to you what you do with it, but we just had a, a graduate who graduated a couple years ago, and and her name's Fiona McDonald, and and she might be good for your home. Here's her her number. So I made a phone call, and you know. She lived in Sarnia, where my mom lives, so I made a <laughs> visit to my mom and met Fiona and, and knew right away that she was supposed to be here. And so you right. connect, and you meet people, and you you, um, you know you do what you need to do. You don't just get a dream and then sit there and think, okay, God, make it happen. <laughs> and in the process, you're going to make mistakes. That's right. You're gonna, but you're going to learn, and you're going to grow. Nobody ever succeeded... Mm-hmm. anything without making many mistakes in the process nobody success always comes through failures keep that in mind as part of the process
1: I want you to turn your Bible if you will to the book of Romans chapter 12 we're gonna start at verse number 3 connecting right in about this whole aspect of networking you can read through probably one of the greatest um, leadership motivational books in the entire Bible is the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah saw the crisis of the burned-down gates. He saw the walls of Jerusalem had been torn down. Defeat was all around. It was in the air. It was in the atmosphere. Depression was upon the people. And so he took it before God, and then he began to ask God and supplicate God. He said, God, he says, I, I, I'm asking you to help. I'm asking you to help the people. I'm asking you to get raise up men, raise up women to do this here. And God said, you're the guy. And so Nehemiah goes, okay, so I'm the guy. Okay, so God, I need resources. I need them. Give me favor with the king. He said, you don't have because you don't ask. God gave him favor with the king, gave him all the lumber, gave him all the materials, gave him all the land, gave him everything that they needed so that they could build and restore the gates of the temple. But then amazingly, listen to me carefully. This is where every one of us comes in. In chapter three, you'll see the word uh, repair or restored. You'll see that in the different translations in there. And it speaks about all the heads now stepped to the plate. And there was twenty some places, references, where they all worked together. Come on, church. And everybody had a part, everybody had a different function and a different place on the wall to restore the gate. Some were putting the bolts on, some were holding it up, some were taking care of the wood, some were treating it. They all had different responsibilities. Then others were protecting watchmen on the wall, but they all worked together to get the job done. And it's a perfect picture over here that we see in Romans twelve three, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Everybody say, don't think you're better than you really are. He says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that, come on, God has given us. Now look at verse number four because it ties it all in together here. Just as our body have what? Come on, many parts, You know, years ago, listen, years ago, when I was a little kid, I had asthma, but they didn't know it was asthma, all right? So I don't know how they didn't know it was asthma, so they just said, well, take his tonsils out. You don't need them anyway. Take the adenoids out. They don't don't need them anyway. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you something. Years later, they recognized what tonsils do in the body. Because there's no part in your body that is insignificant. There's no part in your body that's needed. And if you take that part out, you're going to suffer some. Good preaching. Thanks for the amens. So just as our bodies have many parts, and listen, each part has a special function. Everybody stand up. We're going to read verse 5 together. Everybody stand up and look at your neighbor and just said, God just said, you have a special function. Say it again. God says, you have a special function. Amen. You can't be seated. And you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, God's got a special function for you. Yeah, He does. Yeah, He does. And we're here to challenge you in that area. So He said, so it is, come on, with what? Christ's body. So every part, the tonsils, the adenoids, all those areas have a special function in the body. Some of the things I understand about it, other things I don't understand about it. But man, this body is fearfully and it's wonderfully made. And when all those parts and all those ligaments and all those tissues and all those joints and all those muscles are working together, man, energy comes out, strength comes out, and we can do some things. Come on. So he said, so it is in comparison to the human body with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Amen. What does that mean? There's no lone rangers. There's no independent parts over here. Okay, every person has a special function, but here's the other thing, and every person is needed. So here's what happen if a part of the body is not functioning. If a part of the body is weak, if a part of the body is producing 30%, 100% potential, then how many know that puts a strain on other parts of the body? In the same respect, listen very carefully, so it is in the body of Christ. If you have a special function and you're not you're not using the function, then guess what? Another part of the body is going to have to work harder to take care of the part that you're not. Yep. Right. Well, you know, I don't like that. Tell God you don't like it. He's the one that made it. Amen? All right, so let's go to the next thing. So we belong to each other. So here, here, go to verse number six now, okay? Everybody read this. In His grace, God has given us different gifts. For doing certain things well. Kathy just said, for doing certain things well. She's an excellent teacher. Amen. But I've heard her sing. Hallelujah. And it's just sweet heavenly aroma. Okay. It's just the greatest. Amen. But Pastor Jake probably wouldn't put her in the worship team. Okay.
2: The sad thing is, you've all heard him sing.
1: (laughs) That's right. Oh, happy day! Come on. <laughs> now, can you imagine me up here leading worship? People would say, get a life. I'm going to Burger King, man. I'm out of here. Okay, so, here, so here's what it says. Come on. In His grace, this is God, God has given us what? Come on. Different gifts, plural, for doing certain things well. So there's things that you can do well that I can't. And there's things I can do well that you can't. So if you're trying to be like me, the best you can ever be is number two. And so what I've recognized, now here's the thing that the Scriptures is teaching us. There's things that you do well, and there's things that you don't do well. And so we don't want you to do the things you don't do well, but do the things that you do do well. Okay, and here's what it goes. So it says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, come on, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Look at the next verse over here. For your gift is serving, come on, others. What does he say to do? Serve them well. And if you're a teacher, what does it say? Okay, so I can tell you this here firsthand, her gift is a teacher. And she teaches well. She didn't just happen to teach well. She's put all the energy and learned everything she can about her gift that she gets. She read books about it. She listened to tapes about teachers. She listened to the motivation of a teacher. She's done all the studies on it, knows all those other things, because that's the function in the body that she plays so she can do her part well. Okay, Marilyn Zacher... Is a C personality and organizes structures and works on policies and all those things that are so boring to me. Read that and I'm like, wow, why do we have to we have to have it? And without her, this body would be lacking. Let me tell you, without her, the body of Christ in Canada would be lacking because what we do here impacts the rest of the body in Canada. And so a well needed part. But she's a researcher. She's given me articles all the time of the area that I connect with on unity and statistics and things like that. And it gives me resources. It gives me tools. And and some people think I'm just so smart because I've done it all. But no, it's another part of the body that has done things and done things well. And that helps my gift, come on now, that helps my gift shine. That helps my gift be knowledgeable. That helps my gift to be equipped. So what am I saying? We need other people, just as she shared with the women's home and I'm sharing in this church, we need other people around us that can do things well and do things better than I can. Is that good? Yeah. Let me tell you, there's not another person in the planet like Pastor Dave. There's, no, there's not another person, okay? He's, he's funny. He jokes. He cracks me up. He frustrates me to no end. Hang on, because his gift is different than mine. What do you mean by that? Listen, I frustrate him. I frustrate the staff at times. Drum things out. But here's the point that I'm bringing out. There's nobody better than him when it comes to connecting with people, ministering to people, pouring out his life to people, sensitivity to people. And so we channel him in that area where he would get frustrated as administrative because that's not his gift. So our job is to learn what they do good and learn what they do well, amen? And get them the tools and the resources to do their job. Are you all with me right now? So I just shared about him, but I'm gonna share about myself, okay? I know what my mandate is. I know what the calling on my life is. I'm devoted now to the house, but I'm devoted to writing materials for the future that is gonna be resourcing pastors and leaders in the next, uh, the next generation. I feel that's my job. So I can't just do that. I gotta study, I gotta prepare, and I need other people around my life to help me to get the materials down. I get the ideas and I can put them on paper and the sentence structures that I use and things, it needs a lot of deliverance. But <laughs> I know what I'm saying, but people couldn't read that. But you get other people around you that help you in that area. And so the point that I'm bringing is, it just doesn't fall out of heaven to do it. We all need one another. So let's finish up here. So if your gift is to encourage others, come on. Does Pastor Dave encourage you? Does Pastor Dave encourage you? Does Pastor Brian encourage you? Those are two gifts to this here house that excel way beyond, way beyond, Pastor Rick I know I can encourage and I, and I do my very very best but I'm more in the background because you know I empower people so that they can do the work every day and they spend more time with the people than, than I have the opportunity to speak with the people not that I don't want to do that but that's where their gifting is and then it says if God has given you what come on leadership ability take that responsibility how seriously now listen that's what I am I'm a leader I'm a driver. I know how to get things done. I write my vision down. I got how many hours a week I'm going to work on my book. I got how many hours a week I'm going to be studying. I got how many hours a week I need to do for this. I got everything's all written down. And if I don't write the thing down, I forget. And so I go back to it and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The night before I go to bed, I write everything down. You've heard this said over here. If you write your list down before you go to sleep, you're going to sleep better. And so I got it all written down, and then every day I go there, and I just start checking off, this got to be done, this got to be done, this one's got to be called, that's got to be done, and then get it all done. So I take my leadership gift that God has given me, I take it very seriously. I don't take the oversight of this here house lightly. I take it very seriously. And when a hit comes to the house, it's very, very painful, because I recognize the serious fallout and the damage that it can do. I guard the house from wolves. That's what a shepherd does. I guard them from people poisoning and trying to put things in that can uproot their faith and cause them to scatter. I guard them from the independent spirit that doesn't want to be under anything. Why? Because we all need to be under authority so that the kingdom can advance out there. And that's part. And so when I give my leadership... I give it seriously, and if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. One more. Go to verse number nine, and then I'm going to turn it back to Kathy over here. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Okay, next verse down, nine. Everybody, come on. Don't just pretend to love each other. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, and hate tightly to what is good. Now, you can get upset at me, and I'm willing to take the hits. I'm willing to take the price. I'm willing to say the truth If it means you're going to walk out of here, get mad at me, and never come back. I'm willing to tell you the truth. If you have a gift, and it's needed in the body, and you're not using it, then don't tell me you love me. And don't tell others you love this church. Really love them and hate what is wrong. Hating what is wrong is having it and not using what it is that God has given to serve the body. I believe if there's children's that need help, children's church that needs attention, children's church that needs care, ushers, usherettes that need help, that need care, okay? I believe if we can do it, and we have it, it's within our ability, but all we want to do is come and sit in the comfort zone and come in here, give our tithes, and then leave and just go on with everyday life, then we have to rewrite the Scriptures. And we're pretending our Christianity. Because our Christianity is not a religion. It's not a, it's not a relationship that we just talk. It's a religion and a relationship of a walk with God that it compels us to reach out and help one another, serve one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, bless one another, and honor one another. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for the preaching. Go ahead, Kat.
2: You know, as you write in your journal and write the things that you want to do, it's really important that you're strategic, who you connect with. And there's people, there's people in my life that I could not do what I do if they were not in my life. That's right. I could not function in even preparing messages without Robin. That's right. Robin knows that. (laughs) Because I'm not good with computers and uh, and so you know if I didn't have him to help me with my computer and help show me things and fix things I wouldn't be able to function with it and it would be very difficult for me to get my messages together the way I do and 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 you know there's people that like in this church I can't sing he can't sing but how many appreciate those that can sing and what come a blessing on. they are to us. It's good to come wow. in and have good worship and musicians, you know, on the guitars and the drums and all of them, like even the lead singers, they need the drummers, they need the guitar players, they need the piano players, they need all those people in order right. to do a job well. And and so we have to appreciate every part of our bo- of right. the body of Christ and and we have to do our part. Wow. And the more we pitch in and the more we do, the, the more functional the church will be and the greater impact we will have on our community. Because you got to think about, you know, the, t- the things we can't do. Why can't we do those things? Often it's because we lack the resources. Not that God hasn't provided the resources. He's provided them. But the people with them aren't coming up to the plate. And that's sobering to think about because we're going to stand before God one day. And this isn't to condemn anybody, That's right, but yeah. you know what? You, 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 there's things you can do. And you, you might say, well, where do I start? What do I do? What are you, what can you do? What are you good at? What resources do you have? And, you know, and then prepare yourself to do it. You know, one of the things that can, um, you know, we, we have to understand this. When you write your book and you write your characteristics and, and one of the first things you need to work on is your character. Because you're only going to be able to go as far as your character is. So whatever you need to do, that's why we have empowerment classes. That's why we do a lot of things, Genesis and all of those things. They're to help develop your character. They're things that we make available so that you can grow and be a better person. Because the, the more trustworthy you are, the more, faith, more faithful you are, the more commitment you have, okay. the more you know, love you have for others, the more love you have for God, the further you're going to go right? The further you're going to go. So, you know, when you talk about connecting with others, connect first with people that will help you with your character, and then right. connect with people that will help you develop your gifts. Connect with people that are going to help you grow and help you learn, you know? Now, some of the connection might be just through books and tapes, you know, where you need to you need to learn, you know, things that maybe the resource isn't right here, but, you know, we, we watch a lot of videos and go to seminars and, and read books and, and do those things, but we're using resources of people and things that they've done that will help us and so we need to do that and you know the body as pastor rick says has many parts but colossians 3 13 we need to be around like-minded people but that doesn't mean you're always going to agree pastor rick and i are like-minded in that we both love god we love this church we're both called to be leaders we both you know strategize and plan how we can make this church uh, improve and be better you know there's a lot of things that we have in common but then there's other areas that we have conflict and as in any marriage er, and so when you're involved in a church but God designed it that way come on to develop our character and so what happens a lot of times in churches people get involved but then they have conflict with somebody and they get offended and then they just leave and they miss out on their purpose and destiny for their lives. Whereas that conflict is designed
1: That's right. for
2: us Bebella. to grow in love and patience and long-suffering. Wow. We don't like those things. Just like Pastor Rick said, you know, some of our leaders can frustrate him. I'm sure I frustrate Robin. And God is teaching him long-suffering. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, just as whenever we, whenever, we, whenever we work with people, we're not all going to see Part things what, the same. And, and somebody else's weaknesses can be a frustration to us. Right. It can be something that bothers us. And we can't look at that person and think, oh, look how stupid you are because you, you don't know this. Exactly. Well, what do they need you for then? Right?
1: Find out what They, they need
2: you because <clears throat> of the gift you have. And so rather than look down, appreciate the gift they are. That's right. And stop focusing on where they're not good. And recognize you're there to help them. And you're there to be part of that peace in their lives that will fulfill your life and bring you to your destiny. None of us can do it alone. We are all (laughs) called to work together, to network together, to be together. And if God's called you to this church and this is the church you feel you're supposed to be in, you need to be connected somewhere. Because he doesn't call you to just sit in a chair. Like, every part of our body works. And, and when something stops working, we have a problem. And every part is important. Like, you know, you might think your big toe is not important until you stub it. Or maybe you have to, maybe you lose it. Because it, it keeps your balance, right? It, it has a reason for being there. And so we need to value every right. gift every and, and, and not think, well, this gift's better than this gift and this gift's more important. No, oh, it's all important. It all matters. Some may be more visible than others. I mean, the most important things about our body, we don't see. I don't see my heart. I don't see my lungs. I don't see, you wow. know, wow. my stomach. But I'm telling you, I lose any of them, I'm dead. Yeah. But I could lose my arm and still live. Yeah. I could lose my sight and still live. So, some of the things we don't see are the most important. They're the most important. And so, we have to understand that. Now, um, I believe our drama team has prepared a skit to help illustrate this.
0: Big plans, big ideas, big dreams. Watch out world, here I come. A hand? Nope, I'm good. Are you sure? yep I got this. You sure you don't need a hand? Absolutely, positive. Well, looks like you're struggling. Honestly, I'm fine. Really. So, where are you going with all this stuff? I'm going on the adventure of a lifetime. I I really don't mind helping. Honestly, I'm good, really. It's my adventure. Okay. Luck with that. God, what is happening? Why is this journey so? hard I know I'm meant to accomplish this great plan of yours but right now I can't even move watch out world I'm coming sooner or later maybe later maybe never hey
2: are these all yours
0: Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know.
2: Wow. These are some great ideas. And they're well planned out too. Thanks. I can think of a few communities that could use these.
0: And I'm in marketing. I've already got all the connections. Here's my card. Give me a call. (laughs) Yes. These are your plans? Yeah. I'm sure my husband can help build you a working model. You're kidding. No, I'm not. He's really gifted at bringing plans to life. I'm Katie, by the way. Nice to meet you. I'm Andrea, and this is my friend Nadine. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Hey, you back from your your adventure? Nope, just leaving. Big ideas, big plans. Big dreams, watch out world, here we come. Can you grab that for me? Oh, Sure.
2: The people that think when they do their vision and purpose for their life, if they think it's just about them and it's all about me, it's not all about me, it's about we. We have to think teamwork. We pray. We pray together. We work together. This church is our church, right? And we are in this together. It's not Pastor Rick and my church. Whatever ministry you do, it's not your ministry. It's ours together. And if we're here to promote Mm -mm. ourselves, Mm -mm. we're missing the whole point, and we'll never reach our destiny because it's not about us. It's not about an individual person. It's about a team, and we're all part of a team, and we have to work together as a team. And that's what God has called us to do. And we have to learn to appreciate and love each other's gifts in spite of the differences that we may have. And we will have differences and there will be conflict. And there will be times where we have to work through situations together because we see it differently. But we need to learn to, you know, put ourselves in someone else's shoes and think about where they're coming from. Because they may have some perspective that we haven't thought of. Because we don't have the full picture. And God is calling us, if you want to fulfill your destiny, you have to think that way. And you have to be with people that, yes, they have the same vision. They want to right. see the same thing, that, that your purposes go together. But that doesn't mean you're going to see everything exactly the same. Right. And you have to learn to listen and, and work together and, and realize your need for one another. And honor and respect each other for the gift that they have and never see them as of no value.
1: That's right.
2: Because they are valuable. And the younger people need the older people. That's right. It's not all about just this next generation. They need the wisdom of the older generation. That's right. Right? They they need to learn from them. And then the we older people need to learn from the younger generation. They think differently than we do. Yes, they do. The world's a different world, and they, and, and, and they can understand it, and sometimes we can't. Try. But we're meant to do it together.
1: Yes, we are. That's awesome. Turn up uh, Galatians 5.13, and I'm all done. So how many know what I've learned in life is if I'm frustrated, there's a reason why I'm frustrated, and something needs to change in me. Do you follow what I'm saying? There's times Kathy can frustrate me. There's times she can, and I know there's times I frustrate her. Yeah. <laughs> but what do we do? We learn from that. But here's what I've learned, is it's usually in the area of our attitude. Yeah. Right. And I've learned over the years that if gratitude permeates into the atmosphere, things are going to go well. Yes. And you'll be able to work through your frustrations but you'll also come into a level of seeing things and seeing people as the gifts that they really are to your life. I could share about the dream team staff that God has put together at WCF, and I can say things about every one of them that would blow people's circuits. This church would not run without Denise Boullio, and 90% of you don't even know who she is. This church could not run without Adonna Remington this church, listen, it could not run without a Pastor RJ, without a Brian Shimatero, without a Brenda Harrison, without a Evelyn, without a Linda, and I could start, name his staff, without a Lorraine. It can't run, but none of us can do it our, to ourselves. We're all intertwined, and we all do things a little bit differently, and we all work through the frustrations in our lives and see the gift and channel that person in to their greatest strength. Amen. And watch them excel. That is our greatest desire for everyone. Last word I got to say, Galatians 5:13. Let's all stand. Read this together. This is God's living writ. This is God's living word. Say to all of us. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tap them and just say, That's this is for you. Here's what it is. For you have been called to live in freedom, liberty. How many can say yes? My brothers and sisters, your family here. When you just saw up there that Sarah and Rachel put up, we church, we church, we pray. It's going to be at Lakeshore St. Andrew. Because it's the body of Christ. It's not me. It's we are coming over there this week. They were over here with us last time. So we are going over there Friday night to pray. How many can say that's a good thing? So it says, my brothers and sisters. But look at but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Apparently, he gives you an admonition of a test and of a challenge that you can use your freedom for yourself. But he said, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Come on. Wow. Wow. I'm where I'm at today today. In the kingdom. I'm here where I'm at today because I lived that verse. I lived that verse for 25 solid years. I served leaders. I helped leaders. In frustrations, Kathy could tell that would go way beyond what anybody had known. In humiliation, but I served them and I loved them and I encouraged them and spoke good about them. Can you say amen? amen. And all of a sudden, When the attitude was adjusted in me, God puts me now in the same position that they're in. And it gave us the platform of a servant-led leadership that is changing the dynamic of the church world in Canada. I can't say this without closing today. We need every one of you today to put aside and quit serving your freedom for the old nature and start using what God's given you in the new nature. And that's where it serves. When I started the journey, at the Catholic Charismatic, I gave my life to Christ. I set up the book table. I caught people in the prayer line when they would be slain in the spirit. Dropped more than I caught, but I tried. Okay, I mean, I was just ADD. I'm looking all over, bang, they're falling down. I was like, oh, God. Just started serving people. Just, just started trying to help wherever I could help. Set up, set up the 300 chairs in the gymnasium. And broke those 300 chairs down afterwards. And then I recognized that there was something inside me. There was leadership. And I get some of the people to help me with those things. And then they put me within six months. I was preaching and teaching. Within a year, I was publicly speaking uh, to, to them. And, but the word of God was alive. The word of God was rich. Amen. But that was the verse I lived by. By love, we're going to serve one another. And you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one that serves. Amen? Thank you.